NBA season is upon us. It's almost over, actually. It's been a great NBA season. We've never seen these type of stats. We haven't seen this type of, of drama building up. Who's going to be the MVP of the season? How are the Cavs going to play out? Are they going to even finish off as a one seed in the Eastern Conference? Who's going to get the one seed in the Western Conference with Kevin Durant's injury? This is going to be very, very, very exciting the way that it ends. The way that people are going to be talking about who is the MVP. Heard heard something that Kobe Bryant said a couple of days ago. He said we, should, we could have co-MVPs, meaning Harden and Westbrook. We haven't seen people do this these type of stats before. But Westbrook is going to obviously lead the league uh, with triple doubles. What a season that he's having. I mean, he's, he's doing everything that you can ask him to do for that team. But he's, he's definitely going to be, unless something happens, he's definitely going to average a triple-double for a season. We haven't seen that, obviously, since the Big O. And that's actually really good because he's bringing a lot of drama to this um, NBA season. And then we have, obviously, James Harden. We want to go ahead and give James Harden some shouts. The only reason I'm saying that is because, I mean, he has put on quite a show with this D'Antoni offense. He's, he's become really, really good. I mean, he's he's been good before, but he's become really, really good. At, meaning, like, he's he's a great facilitator now. Leading the league in assists and... and Got shooters around him. That team is really built for him to win. Um, second in the league in scoring. Talking about James Harden here. Obviously, first in assists. John Wall is going to be second. Uh, and it's it's good to see that the NBA is flourishing, and it's good to see obviously the Houston Rockets are doing um, good. But this NBA season, this MVP race is going to be very interesting. It's going to come down to the wire. We got a couple of. Um, key matchups actually um, that actually happened the Spurs versus the Cavaliers and that, that score just went final it was, it was really bad uh, yeah they got blown blown out Kyrie Irving was actually still on the court shooting even after the game and then we got a lot of um, playoff seed playoff seedings that are still kind of in the mix and we kind of want to go ahead and see how they're going to go ahead and pan out and this is going to be very interesting because you got to go ahead and take a look at it as we break down the the playoff picture right now. And the playoff pictures are about with with about eight 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 games left, and the playoffs are going to go ahead and begin in April. As of today, just talked about the the MVP race. Let me go back to the MVP race because I, I definitely want to dive in that a little bit. Um, and I'm going to probably deviate a couple of times. Want to go ahead and say Final Four, uh, Kentucky and UC, um, UNC played a heck of a game. UNC wins that. They go ahead and face the Ducks, who beat Kansas. And I'm a big Oregon fan, so Team Nike, go Ducks. And then South Carolina, who's really been the underdog, is going against um, Gonzaga. And then, obviously, those four teams play on Saturday. And hopefully the Ducks can go ahead and take the championship. But that's just me being a fan. But let me go back to the NBA 
basketball at hand. We were talking about James Harden. We were talking about Russell Westbrook. Obviously, Russell Westbrook uh, leading the league in scoring about 30, 31 points a game. Um, Harden about 30 points a game, about 20. He's averaging 29.4. But it's good to see that that we have these two guys as the front runners. Obviously, we're going to go ahead and say Kawhi um, on that Spurs team. Uh, I believe they, they won 57 games, so 57 to 16 as of right now. So they're on that on that pace, that record could be an indicator for him to be thrown in the MVP race. And obviously you're going to have LeBron James there, but really 47 and 26. I think it's great that LeBron James is probably the best player in the league, but at the same time, the Eastern Conference is weak. And then Boston currently has the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So that's going to be very interesting there. We're going to do a deep dive in that when we talk about the playoff picture and how the Eastern Conference is and why the Cavaliers look good at the two seed. We're going to come back to that. The MVP of the league should be James Harden. The reason is they won 51 games or 51 or 22. James Harden is second in the league in scoring, first in assists, taking on that new role, that D'Antoni system. And they have shooters around. They have great players around him, uh, good players around him. That And he's a great player. And I just think that he's done more with less than Westbrook. And obviously when you take a look at Westbrook, if Westbrook had the same type of caliber players around, obviously this would be um, tough. But he's putting up a triple-double. They're currently in the sixth seed, and they currently got beat on Sunday uh, by the Rockets, and it, it kind of solidified that James Harden it should be the number one there because Russell Westbrook, granted, he's doing so much. They've won 42 games. He's a sixth seed, and if we give it to him because if he's putting up those Oscar Robinson numbers, I, I, they, they, they haven't won. And yes, you can go ahead and say they, they really have nobody on his team, but he has a bunch of bigs. They're still a good rebounding team. He's obviously averaging a triple-double, but he's doing so much. He's doing so much, and, and I don't think the team is growing with him. Is that a knock on him? No, he's a great individual player. He's putting up great individual stats. I think James Harden, obviously, is putting up great individual stats. And then when you also take a look at James Harden, no slouch here, uh, as James Harden is, is putting up equally good stats where he's second in the league in scoring, and then obviously he's going to go ahead and be first in assists, and I've said that a couple of times. But where's James Harden right now when it comes down to to rebounds? Like, I think he's averaging like eight rebounds a game. So I mean, yeah. So he's he's averaging eight rebounds a game. So he's two off, obviously, from getting a triple double. I just think that obviously him and let's go ahead and be honest, Westbrook have the ball in their hands a lot. They turn the ball over a lot. That's something that everybody's going to go ahead and talk about as well. But when you take a look at it, the number one person who should be the MVP, I'm going to have to give it to James Harden this season. That's just it. That's that's what I'm going with, and I'm going with James Harden this season. Now, could that happen? Could that change in about eight games? Could that change in ten games? No, I don't think it could change the ten. The only way that I think that it no, it, it can't even change the ten games. It, it can't, it can't because 
when you take a look at it, the Houston Rockets have nine games left. If they if they even go seven and three, uh, that's fifty six wins or fifty seven fifty eight wins. I'm sorry, and they they would have lost twenty five games, right, or twenty four games. I'm just saying they have ten games left. I'm, that's what I'm presuming right now. Let me do it. Do the, the numbers just to be on point. So they have nine games left. So if they go seven and two, um, they're still over fifty wins. So I mean, it's I, I think that it's going to be a lock. Obviously, you take a look at what Kawhi Leonard is doing. Um, the usage, the usage, uh, defensive prowl. He's still that guy. And that block that he had against Harden in that game that they played uh, and, and the Spurs happened to win, obviously that's a great block right there. But I just think the body of work overall and what Harden's had to do with that team overall is is MVP worthy. Kawhi, great defensive player. He's won it two years in a row. I just, maybe next year. He still has room to grow He's still a great player. He's a superstar at that level. But I think it was between Westbrook. It was between Harden. I think Harden gets it. I mean, and when you take a look at it, we're acting as if Westbrook obviously is averaging a triple-double. But Harden is literally two rebounds away from averaging a triple-double, meaning that he's averaging eight rebounds. So I'm not even sure how much he would have to average in order to boost that eight rebounds. But He's close. He's very close. But I want to jump into this playoff picture. I want to go ahead and talk about a couple of things regarding the playoffs. One, I am the Mad Jotter. This is the dime. Two, let's break down the Western Conference first. And we want to break down the Western Conference playoffs as of today. As of today. So... This, this show is probably going to go on 28th of March. So we're going to break it down as of today. Uh, congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers who are currently in the eighth seed. Why? It took, it took a lot. They, they got to the eighth seed. They, they made it, which I really thought the Timberwolves had a chance, but clearly... They did not. But let's go ahead and break this down. We got we got the Golden State Warriors right now who are two games ahead of the Spurs for the number one lock. And if the playoffs were to start today, obviously they play the Blazers. But um, if KD can be healthy, I don't think I don't think anybody thinks that the Warriors would necessarily need KD in the first round. So let's go ahead and call that a good wash. And then let's break it down. The Spurs versus Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently in the seventh seed. Ah, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently in the seventh seed. The Spurs actually match up well against them. They could beat them. It's, it's probably at most a five-game series, but that's you know that seems reasonable. That's right there. Wash. So let's go ahead and go to the middle of the pack. Three seed. I said that earlier. Uh, the Rockets versus OKC. It's going to be a great matchup because if I think the home team is always obviously going to have a lot of a lot of an advantage, but the Rockets are playing very very well right now and they're tough to beat right now. OKC proved that they were tough to beat right now. I'm talking about OKC versus 
uh, the Rockets. So that could be a nice six-game series. That's probably going to have the matchup that everybody's going to look for. Um, the, I think that series is probably going to have the most ratings in the Western Conference over any other series. Two dynamic players, two MVP front runners, willing their team to the second round to face the Spurs. It's going to be interesting. Then we have the four versus the five, and Utah versus the choking Clippers. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I the Clippers the other night blew a uh, um, eighteen point lead with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm not really sure what's going on with the Clippers. I'm not sure if their time is running out. I'm not sure if they're just looking to be lower and hopefully get the Houston Rockets so they don't have to go into the second round. If they beat the Utah Jazz in the first round and face the Golden State Warriors, would they rather see if they can beat the Rockets, which they're playing horrible. They match up very well, though. But can they beat the Rockets? But right now, the four versus five, Clippers are the five seed, and the four seed is going to be Utah. That's going to be very interesting to me because if Utah can can um, can guard Chris Paul, really stop Chris Paul's playmaking ability, they definitely have a chance to go ahead and win that series. I mean, they have a lot of bigs. They have um, uh, good defense. I mean, I'm not sure how their bigs are going to go ahead and play in the playoffs. Being that this is going to be their first time in a long time, long time that they're in the playoffs. So it's going to be very interesting to see a young Utah Jazz team, athletic, big, defensive, versus a Clippers team who's been to the playoffs. Um, If they can stay healthy, this series should be over in five, no more than six games. Now, I'm not really going to break anything else down in the second round because – This is just the playoff picture as it stands currently now in the Western Conference. So right now, we have the Golden State Warriors at one, Portland at the eighth seed. Um, Two, we have the Spurs and the seventh seed, the Grizzlies. Three, we have the Rockets and the sixth seed are the the OKC Thunder. Four, um, we have the Utah Jazz and the five seed is going to be the Clippers. That's the way it's going to match up. But I, the big thing that I want to talk about is I want to shift this playoff picture to the Eastern Conference. We call that the weaker conference, even though they won the, the finals last year. Uh, LeBron James is basically that whole conference. Kind of reminds me when Jordan was basically that whole conference. You had good teams, but you had Jordan. That's kind of what LeBron has been doing, um, six straight NBA finals. This guy is the Eastern Conference. It's LeBron versus the field. I'm going to break down currently if the playoffs were to start today, obviously, if the seeding stays the same and the playoffs are the same going forward. Boston has the number one seed. Boston is a very unique situation at the number one seed because right now it's very interesting to be that number one seed. Right now when we take a look at Boston and who they they would face at the eighth seed if it stays this way, Miami Heat. Miami Heat are a tough team to play right now. Spolster has them playing great. They have confidence. They weren't that good in the beginning of the season. I believe they were like 10 and 21, and now to be 35 and 38, that's going to be a tough 1-8 matchup because the momentum 
is going towards the Miami Heat, and they're going to be a very tough out. Even though the Miami Heat just lost to Boston last night, I still think that's going to be a very tough series for the Boston Celtics. Now I want to go ahead and jump down to what makes this unique, why this number one seed might be a trap, might be the hardest to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Cavaliers right now are a two seed facing a not-so-good Pacers team who outside of Paul George really don't have anything that can match up with the LeBron James-led Cavaliers. That should be a sweep. I mean, that that right there feels like a sweep. Even though you're saying the Cavaliers aren't playing their best basketball right now, you cannot overlook the fact that they are head and shoulders better than the Pacers right now. That's head and shoulders. Now let's go back to the one verse eight, right? A tough team with the Miami Heat who are playing great basketball. Cavaliers, who are two seed, are facing the seven seed. Pacers, who are not so tough. Now let's break this down. The three seed are going to be, again, who the Cavaliers lost to, the Washington Wizards. Verse, right now at the six seed, which could flip, that'll be interesting. The Milwaukee Bucks. When I say that can flip, Milwaukee Bucks can easily go to fifth because they have the same record as the Hawks, and they could flip down to the seventh because right now those three teams have the same record. That's going to be a very, very interesting game because a series, if, if it's going to be the Wizards versus the Bucks, a very interesting series. Obviously, you have a great point guard in John Wall, and then you have the Greek freak for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that could be a, fought, a hard-fought series. It could be a five-game. It could be a six-game. I don't think it's going to go seven. But either way, if the Wizards can go ahead and beat a young, upcoming Bucks team, it's going to take a little bit out of them. I just think that it's going to take a little bit out of them because it's not going to be blowouts. I don't see a foreseeable blowout future, uh, them blowing out the Bucks in each game. Then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers waiting. Now let's go ahead and go to the four and five seed, which I've already said the five seed is going to be the Hawks. The four seed right now are the Toronto Raptors. Let's break this down. The Eastern Conference one seed currently is the Boston Celtics facing a hot, a good, a tough team in the Miami Heat. Now, if they go ahead and beat the Miami Heat, let's say a six-game series. Let's just say that because Boston has a problem um, on the defensive end with Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas is the fourth-quarter guy. He can score. That's going to be a really interesting series. Then we have the next series that comes up. Who is going to win, which I believe that it's still going to be a tough series, but Toronto and the Hawks can go six. Uh, even seven because Toronto really does not have a closer and the Hawks really do not like losing games. 
uh, with Millsap out there. They, they're going to play a really tough, tough, tough Hawks team when I'm taking a look at the Raptors. Now, the Raptors currently have Ibaka, Kyle Lowry coming back, um, DeMar DeRozan. You have you have a team that is built for the playoffs. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. If you put them against Boston, they're going to beat each other up. When you take a look at Cleveland, if they have to face one, the Wizards, they're going to be able to go ahead and play the Wizards very tough. Might go six games. LeBron James is the best player in the league. This is an easier team to face than Boston, than the Raptors. They're going to be beating each other up. And then you come to the finals, which is the Eastern Conference Finals, with a probably rested Cleveland Cavaliers team and a beat-up either Boston Celtics team or Toronto Raptors team. And when you take a look at that, hmm. So right now, even though they're playing bad basketball, which they are playing bad basketball, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think it's in their benefit to be the two seed. You want to be the two seed right now because you want to go ahead and play easier competition. Obviously, when you're taking a look at the Eastern Conference, it's not the best conference. Like, Obviously, the Western Conference, win-wise, is the best conference. But when you take a look at the path to the finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers currently have that path. If they stay at a two seed, stay at a two seed, get LeBron some rest, sweep the, the Pacers, rest. Whoever waits for them, if it's the Bucks or it's the Wizards, they're going to beat them. Rest. Then whoever comes at you in the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be beat up. LeBron James is about to go to his seventh straight finals. Sorry, Boston fans. If you were smart Boston fans, you would understand your path to the finals would be a lot easier if you were a two-seed. It's facts. Just just take a look at it. It looks like facts to me. I'm going to say it's facts. But that's just the playoff picture. If it was to stay the same and start on the, obviously on the 15th, that everything stayed the same, that's what we would be looking at. And um, that's just my take on it. That is just my take on it. The NBA has been good. Uh, Obviously, college basketball has actually been interesting. I want to kind of dive into that. Obviously, we talked about the Final Four and whatnot. But I kind of want to talk about the college basketball season ending and what's really really going to be interesting is the NBA draft who the NBA draft now the NBA draft this year is very interesting because we have um, the Boston Celtics who have that pick from the Brooklyn Nets when they gave up all that stuff everything everything just to get Pierce and Garnett and see if they can go ahead and win a championship in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is horrible. 
And then we have an interesting Lakers. Are they're tanking right now? Obviously, they're tanking. Uh, they can be as high as one, as as high as two. But right now, the worst record in the league is is going to be the Nets, and Boston owns that owns those picks. So it's going to be very interesting to see who they go with. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because as I'm taking a look at two of my trusted sites, obviously um, it's going to get a little bit more in depth as the NBA draft goes. Uh, but I'd really like to go ahead and focus on um, NBA draft express.com. And actually it's, a, it's called draft express.com and NBA draft.net. Those are like the two sources where I really kind of want to see who they think is going to be um, a good number one pick. And, um, from there, I mean, we've heard a lot about Lonzo Ball. Obviously, we've heard a lot about his father, LeVar. But Lonzo Ball is uh, the UCLA Bruin point guard who who's really, really good. And then we got Mikel Folks, Foltz, uh, who's coming from Washington. They, they didn't make the tournament, but he, he's definitely somebody who's uh, – Interesting because of how good he is, how much better he seems to have gotten um, as the season went along. I mean, it just looked like if he had if he had talent on that team, they probably would have won a lot more games. But the reason that I'm saying this is because I want to go ahead and take a look at the top five teams that are horrible, and then go ahead and compare and contrast um, who had, who Draft Express versus NBA.net have as their number one through number five. So. We're going to go ahead and jump right into this. Obviously, the NBA is a good time. We talked about the possible MVP. I believe that uh, James Harden should be. And let me go ahead and say this on the record like I had before uh, when I was on another podcast. At the beginning of the season, I really thought, really, really, really thought that Paul George was an MVP candidate. Obviously, that did not go well. I have to own up to it. And... I'm just owning up to it. But as the season progressed and as we're seeing stats, NBA 2K kind of level stats, we're actually realizing how great and cherishable this season is stat-wise. And James Harden really, to me, deserves it because of the body of work that he's been able to go and put together, the 51 wins in the in the Western Conference that he's been able to um, get with D'Antoni and the run-and-gun offense, moving the point guard. He's still obviously a two-guard in my eyes, but... He's been able to share the ball a lot. He's been able to actually make the decisions almost like a Steve Nash was able to do when he was in that D'Antoni offense. But he's also scoring 29 points a game, giving you 11 assists a game. Let's go ahead and break this down. If those assists are two points each, that's 22 points a game that he's possibly giving you. On top of the fact that he's scoring 30 points a game, that's already 52 points a game that he's really responsible for if you're just taking a look at the stats obviously uh westbrook is going to be in that conversation scoring uh 31 uh getting 10 rebounds 10 assists a game but it's also just nice to see that james harden with a coach with the right system is a star and it works for him let him be the mvp this year And let's see what happens with Russ and the Thunder next year. 
But I want to, and then we went ahead and talked about the NBA playoffs. And if the NBA playoffs were to start today on the Western Conference, that's kind of almost set in stone. But in the Eastern Conference, it's strategy. I think the strategy right now, even though they're playing bad, I think the strategy right now is to let, in my opinion, it would be a great, great for the Cleveland Cavaliers to be the two seed. When you take a look at the competition, obviously the Cleveland Cavaliers are better than the Miami Heat, but the Miami Heat have been playing very good basketball. The Pacers have not. So could they flip-flop? Now, if there's a flip-flop, if the Miami Heat continue to play great basketball and the Pacers continue to free-fall and um, they flop, meaning that Pacers go to eight and the Heat go to seven, which, I mean, it could happen. I just don't – even that – even still – just the second round, if Boston and the Raptors have to face each other, it's going to be a very grisly game. Just that second round itself is going to be a very grisly game. Um, and I still think at the two seed, the Cavaliers have nothing to worry about. So we've talked about that. And now I just want to go ahead and see if we can kind of wrap this up, but definitely talk about the NBA draft. Uh, and how it's going to affect the bad teams in the NBA. Definitely want to talk about it. the NBA draft. If I said NFL, really wasn't short. But it's the NBA draft, and the two sites that I'm going to be comparing are Draft Express and NBA Draft.net. I am the Mad Jotter. This is the Dime. We are actually. We have two sponsors. We have Smart Assist and we have Jotters Ave. So Jotters Ave, J-O-T-T-E-R-S-A-V-E.com. If you guys are writers, go get a journal or something off of there. I believe um, five more. If you uh, type that in as a code, you're going to go ahead and get a discount on anything that you purchase there. I'm actually taking a look at a couple of journals. They're a really good company. I'm the Mad Jotter, so I actually have something to do with that company, so support me. Thank you. And then uh, Smart Assist, where they go ahead and help you build your business platform online, so your social media platform, and they're able to go ahead and kind of uh, give you tools as to what you need to go ahead and reach a a smarter audience or or a bigger audience. Uh, While you still focus on your business, they go ahead and focus on getting you more more exposure. So thank you for those sponsors. And now let's break this down. Let's break this down. NBA draft dot net. It's very interesting to me when I'm taking a look at it, it, it. They have, this is the order that they have. If this was to happen, which is very likely uh, Boston Celtics have the number one pick. And like I explained that they had given up so many picks to the Nets, so that way that, that's why they have the number one. They, they could have the number one pick in this year's draft. The Lakers um, had swapped a pick with um, – why did they get that pick? Hold on. Yeah, but the Lakers have the 76ers pick, uh, top three protected. So the Lakers would need to get a number two seed or something. So obviously they're tanking because of that. Um, and then we have at number three, if this is to stay the same, Phoenix. Number four, 
is going to be Orlando. Number five is going to be the 76ers who got their uh, pick from the Sacramento Kings. I, I want to go over the top five right now, and if, I, if I'm still on on time and um, we still have a lot more time, then what, what I'll just do is that I might I might go into the top ten. But right now the top five for those two exclusive sites, first one, NBADraft.net, uh, really interesting. They have Josh Jackson going number one. Now Josh Jackson is from uh, Kansas, and it's very interesting to me because – we had Wiggins go number one before when he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And while Wiggins is a great player, it seems like he's a bit lazy on the defensive end. Good player, young team in the Timberwolves, and he was number one. And Josh is kind of compared to a Wiggins, and Wiggins was compared to LeBron James. And that really hasn't really, really panned out, but Wiggins has great Great potential to be a defensive player, but that really hasn't panned out. I'm not really sure why Boston, who who they have Brown, who they just drafted, I'm not sure why they would pick him. Because obviously you love Isaiah Thomas and how he can score, but he, he doesn't play very good defense. Now, Josh Jackson is slated to be the number one pick by NBA draft. But it, it's weird because obviously they compare him. Let me see. This comparison is they compare him to a Kawhi Leonard, which, like I said, Andrew Wiggins. Again. That, why not just compare him to Andrew Wiggins? And Jimmy Butler, defensive players. Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be defensive. But... When I just take a look at Josh, he has great, great potential. Obviously, I just and uh, he would fit Boston. He would fit Boston, but Boston, to me, we have Marcus Smart, who's actually a good defensive player. Um, Jalen Brown, who to me is still growing, and I I wouldn't really want to to move him. I'm just confused. I'm really, really confused. I'm really confused. And then they have A.V. Bradley, who's, who's a good defensive player as well. Unless they don't think they're going to be able to re-sign him, uh, I, I still don't see the number one pick being Josh Jackson. But I could be wrong. Let's go ahead and go into the number two pick. Number two pick is very interesting because if the Lakers are able to go ahead and get the number one or number two pick, uh, Lonzo Ball, who I really love. I love his game. I love his game. I love how he's a pass-first point guard. I think he can put the ball on the floor. Uh, obviously, people are thinking or talking about the last game that he had against um, the Kentucky Wildcats. But, I mean, that, that you couldn't stop Fox. You couldn't stop Monk. He still showed up and had 10 points, 9 assists. He, to me, he had a good game. It's just the better team won. I really like Lonzo Ball. Um, I like his height at 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, he's 6'6". Six, six. Obviously, he has a skinnier frame, but I think he knows how to play the game. I think he's very mature. Uh, I think that he fits, obviously, that Chino Hill, that L.A., that glam, that lifestyle. Not necessarily the lifestyle, but he fits the mold to um, help the Lakers run and gun uh, since Magic is in charge now. Number three is interesting to me because I want to, I'm, gonna, I'm just breaking down 
NBADraft.net and who they have as their top five. Number three is Phoenix, and they're saying that they're going to get Markel Fultz, who everybody really believes is the number one pick. Uh, when I say everybody, all the analysts that I've been able to follow on Twitter, I've been able to talk to, and I've been able to go ahead and see really on NBA.com, um, have him as probably the best player in the draft at number one in Boston would be remiss if they did not get him. Uh, so Fultz fits Phoenix. How? Unless they're going to get rid of Bloodcell and they're going to get rid of Knight, it's a crowded backcourt. It's it's going to be tight. It's definitely going to be tight. And I don't see how he grows in Phoenix. I don't think that's a great fit for him, but I think he's a good enough ball player that he's going to make it fit. Also, it's going to be interesting going back to the number two pick if Alonzo Ball, if Alonzo Ball goes to the Lakers, what are they going to go ahead and do with um, Clarkson and what are they going to do with Russell? That's going to be interesting. So it's going to be interesting to see draft night if there's any trades that are going to be made or accommodations. So um, Fultz, if he goes to the Suns, I would like to go ahead and see the Suns get rid of some players, preferably Eric Bloodsell, preferably Brandon Knight, ship them to package them, do something. But if Fultz is going to be there, he if you've seen him play and when he's around talent or not even necessarily when he's around talent, the second half of games that he's been able to go ahead and play, he's been pretty good. And then um, number four, if Orlando stays at number four, I don't have a, a problem with Fox uh, from Kentucky Wildcats going to them. Uh, yeah, because he's a scorer. They need a scorer. They need to be able to to run. It's going to be interesting. It, 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 he really doesn't fit, but they're going to need to run. Uh, and then number five is uh, Philadelphia with Tatum, Jason Tatum from Duke uh, going to number five. Now, I usually – Usually, I'm very easygoing. I'm going to go over to Draft Express uh, because we just did the top five as to the mock draft on NBADraft.net. And in most cases, I agree with NBADraft.net. Um, and I don't really have a problem. But this year, right now, I know it, it has to change. I don't agree with any of their picks but the Lakers pick in the top five. I don't think Tatum should go to the 76ers. I think Dennis Green is a better fit for the 76ers uh, because if, if if Ben Simmons is anything, again, compared to LeBron, Ben Simmons is going to need somebody who's comparable to Kyrie Irving. And I think Kyrie and Dennis Smith Jr. pretty compatible because Dennis could put the ball on the floor. Dennis can actually make plays. He could be a point guard, but he could definitely score. And he proved that um, in college, North Carolina State. He can score. I just think that he's a better fit there. Uh, But let's go ahead and go over to uh, Draft Express and see who they believe are the top five and see if we can kind of figure out what's going on there. So in the top five, that's very interesting because they're saying something different. But I don't think they – yeah, they're not talking to myself right now. 
Uh, we're going to go ahead and see something. We might do a top 10. We might just do a little bit more time because I want to talk about one player specifically. And they got it right here if they are going to number seven. So let's go and break down uh, Draft Express and who they have as their top five. I'm probably going to go into seven. Um, If you guys want to go ahead and see if you agree or disagree, NBADraft.net, I gave you their top five. I disagree with four of their five, and I think that that's not right at all. But um, DraftExpress.com has Markel Fultz as number one going to Boston. I don't despise that because Boston is going to need a point guard. And I think that at 6'4", obviously Isaiah Thomas is good. And unless they get to the finals, I don't see Isaiah Thomas really being the answer that they need in order to move forward to build that young team into a LeBron contending championship team. But when you take a look at Markel Fultz, the reason that I like him is because he can score and obviously he can facilitate. Uh, averaged uh, six assists, uh, got about six rebounds a game, but averaged 18 points. Or I'm sorry, averaged 23 points a game, and he's 18 years old. So he has a lot of potential there. Long wingspan, so he can play defense. He can play right into what Boston needs and um, give them a defender and a scorer something that Boston needs. So that's going to be very interesting there. Number two, uh, if the Lakers go, go ahead and get that pick, Lonzo Ball is still there. Uh, the reason that I liked him, and he wasn't really a scorer, but what he was able to go ahead and do for you is he was able to go ahead and give you 15 points a game. For somebody who wasn't a scorer, that's pretty good. Uh, six rebounds and also seven assists a game. And he's 6'6". I like that height. I like him for the Lakers. I would like to go ahead and see what they're able to go ahead and do with that backcourt if they are going to keep Russell, are they going to keep Clarkson? Uh, but you got to put the ball in Ball's hands in order for them to be fun to watch. And number three, maybe I just have a problem with Josh. Maybe I have a problem with Josh Jackson. But um, number three uh, for Phoenix is Josh Jackson. Uh, DraftExpress.com thinks that this would be a good fit. Um I don't know how this is going to be a good fit unless Devin Booker moves down to the two. You have Josh Jackson at three. Can they get a poor man's Jordan Pippen thing going? I don't know. Vince T-Mac thing going? I don't know. But then again, when you take a look at it, no. This is the comparison I'm going to make. Uh, Zach Levine is out, obviously, with the ACL injury. But he's he's more of a scorer. He's more of a flashy scorer that's going to shoot a lot. I don't think Devin Booker is that. He's more of a playmaker. And if you get Josh Jackson, can he give you 16 points in the NBA and play defense? Are there going to be two playmakers, or do you need a point guard? That's that's going to be very interesting to see because, like I said, I had a problem with uh, NBADraft.net putting Mark – Markel Fultz at, at dropping him down to three because you have to get rid of Eric Bloodsell and right now I don't think anybody's really taking that contract of Eric Bloodsell and then what are you going to do with Brandon Knight so 
That's going to be interesting to see who the Suns pick up. Are they going to go with the best available player or are they going to go with the best fit? So right now, either or, the point guard or the small forward, I'm going to lean towards uh, Draft Express and say Josh Jackson is probably the better of the two. But I would just uh, def- I would like to see what they're, what Phoenix is trying to do with that roster before I go ahead and make anything um, etched in stone. Uh, number four, Tatum. I like Tatum to Orlando. The reason that I like Tatum to Orlando is you still have Aaron Gordon at the four. Keep him at the four. And then um, you have Terrence Ross who could come off the bench or he could play the two. And then you have Tatum, who's a very, very nice 6'8". Is he 6'8"? I thought he was a little bit taller. But good wingspan, and he could he could kind of develop into that three. You can make them a, a more of a dynamic uh, defensive team, which O'Brien likes to do. Oh, hold on, wait. I said O'Brien. I think O'Brien's on their bench. But let me go ahead and see who the coach is. For Orlando, because Orlando really has not been good to watch. I mean, with that talent, I don't, they don't have they don't have the greatest point guard. But Frank Vogel uh, is more of a defensive coach, so I, I think that Tatum is going to kind of fit the mold because he has a long wingspan. And then you still let Aaron Gordon do what Aaron Gordon does, uh, play the four, and then you could also play a zone defense uh, with their with their length and see what see what they can do. Uh, let's see if they can get better. I mean, they're they're not a bad. They are a bad team. They can't they can't score. Tatum to me, he can give you 15 NBA points. His rookie season in the Eastern Conference, I think he can give you 15 NBA points. Should they get a point guard? Ah, I'm not I'm not going to say they shouldn't, but I like Tate. I like that pick. If this was to go. I'm siding with Draft Express right now. I like the number four pick. Uh, Draft Express has instead of ooh, instead of Philly picking number five, why do they have this? They have the Kings picking number five and Malik Monk. Yeah, that makes sense. Six four, he's a killer. He can score. The problem that I have is that is that it. Is, the, is he just a two? If he's just a two, I maybe it helps the Kings because they need to put the ball in the basket. So that might work there. Um, that might just work, man. But those are the top top five. But the reason I wanted to go down a little bit more on the list for Draft Express is because I did like who they had um, more than who they don't have on draft, um, NBA draft.net draft express. I like if this, if the Knicks are picking number six, I do like, um, Fox, the Aaron Fox, uh, going to the Knicks because I think that he, obviously he can score, but I also think, uh, that he, he'd shine in New York. I think that you put him next to, not a big fan of Mello. If Mello is not able to help this rookie grow and he has no trade clause, it's going to be miserable. But I think that he can definitely help because I don't think Derrick Rose is coming back. Obviously, Noah has been suspended and he was down for the whole year. 
Um, but I think Porzingis, if you move him to five and you have a scorer at the point guard position, a nice lot of pick and rolls, uh, pick and pops, I do like seeing that. Not a fan of seeing the triangle offense, but at the same time, if you could switch it up a little bit, teach the kids how to play, I think those two guys would be a very nice dynamic duel. And then at number seven, I just I like this kid a lot. Um, Dennis Smith. I like him. I think that he's a, a good playmaker. I think that he did everything for NC State. He can put the ball on the floor. He can rebound, and he fits, and he can also pass. I mean, when he's, when I say he fits, if the 76ers are to land him, I think he fits. He fits that type of mold. You have uh, Joel. You have you have Simmons, and then if you get Smith, I like that. I do like it. I, I, I'm a big fan of it, and that's where I just wanted to go ahead and end up there because I think that he – is a heck of a player. And I think that if he lands and gets on a good team like the 76ers and Ben Simmons is anywhere close to what they actually say he is, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how they play because then they become, to me, the baby Cavaliers because you have a player who is compared to LeBron and then you have a player as dynamic as Dennis Smith who I would compare to a Kyrie, and it's going to be you just build a team around. And you have Embiid there, who actually is is a good center, and you have a, a, a big three, a young big three in the making. But other than that, that was my breakdown. That was my NBA talk. That was the dime. And that's going to be the show. Appreciate you guys listening and um, you guys have a good one.